It is a Wednesday night on News Radio 600 Kogo. This is Darren and Jack. One hour radio program. We're with you till 8 o'clock here on AM 600 and the iHeartRadio app. He is Jack Cronin. I am Darren Smith. Thank you for being with us here on this Wednesday night, on this fifth day of May for 2021. It just occurred to me it is Cinco de Mayo. Took me up until just past 7 o'clock to realize today is Cinco de Mayo. So uh, happy Cinco de Mayo out there for anybody who's observing today. Jack Cronin, how are you? I'm doing fine, brother. Doing fine. Uh, you know, we are... We have reached another kind of milestone day on the calendar, right? We've talked about Easter and St. Patrick's Day and all the way through the holidays themselves, the Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's here. But uh, the Battle of Puebla as well has reached our calendar, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, and it's just another reminder that we are still in this year for at least another month. Yeah, I remember last year too, right? One of the holidays, one of those benchmarks from 2020 that I always say when people ask, well, where were you? When did you really know? There were two moments. There was an interview that you and I did with Dr. Chris. Christy Koenig, I want to say, from the yep. San Diego County Health Department. I remember you and I being on the air. We actually played back a portion of that interview on the one-year anniversary of it. That was the first time that my eyes were really open to, oh, wow, this is going to be a really, really big deal here in the United States. This is not just something going on in Wuhan, China, or starting to spread across Europe. The second, as I've said before, Jack, and you and I can appreciate this. I think we're both Irish. When the Irish canceled St. Patrick's Day in Ireland, I said, man, it, it has to be something if that's what's happening, that being March 17th of 2020. I remember Cinco de Mayo from a year ago, just being able to cook at home and, and think about all the revenue that was lost in and around town, even though there's lots of people who will tell you that real, real Mexicans will not celebrate Cinco de Mayo we understand you know, that, that much like St. Patrick's Day, it's something that's taken on different meaning from the Battle of Puebla, to your point. But I remember thinking about that a year ago tonight, thinking about all the revenue that was lost around town from people who would be out there making uh, fools of themselves out there in the streets. Right. I mean, as uh, honoring or manufactured as you think a day like today is, or St. Patrick's Day or Valentine's Day, whatever it is, whatever day you, you, know, you mark on the calendar, it's just, a, it's just a day to look at the date itself and see where we are through the natural disaster. And so we've reached another one of those milestones. It is a going out type uh, restaurant celebration type night or day milestone, and it is not the same, and it wasn't last year, obviously, and it isn't this year either. Right. I would think, though, that this year it would look a little bit closer to normal, especially sure. in certain parts sure. of town like Old Town, etc. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I get—I don't know why that just occurred to me. I've already been on the radio for three <laughs> hours today, and it just now occurred to me that today is Cinco de Mayo. I don't know—I don't know what that, what sort of statement that is. Jack, coming up on the show tonight, uh, and and you go back 14, 15 months. I don't know how many people in San Diego County, and I say this respectfully, knew the name Wilma Wooten. She is Dr. Wilma Wooten. She is the public health officer for San Diego County. And she has run daily press briefings and bi-weekly, tri-weekly press briefings. Dr. Wilma Wooten was named by the San Diego Union Tribune as its Person of the Year, its San Diegan of the Year. This is uh, a name that, that everybody knows, that everybody's come to rely on for information. She's going to join us in our next segment. It's the first time we've had the opportunity, or at least me, maybe you have on different shows. It's the first time that on Darren and Jack we have had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Wilma Wooten. Really looking forward to this coming up in our next segment. 
Yeah, it's the only second time I, I've been able to speak with her during the pandemic. Um, obviously, the demands of her job uh, changing to a public health officer role, which wields a lot of power. Uh, a lot of that from the early days really kind of changed and moved to the state level. And so uh, those with uh, you know resentment or uh, valid concerns about the lockdowns obviously direct that at Sacramento rather than San Diego County. But so much of the County Board of Supervisors and the public health officer became front and center for us because we're living through this natural disaster of once-in-a-hundred-years pandemic uh, that hit us and hit us very hard in California and San Diego County. And so after the initial uh, confusion and all the things that happened early on, San Diego County has really become one of the leaders in the state of California and nationally for things like vaccine rollout, uh, data distribution, um, response to the pandemic itself. Our healthcare system is throughout this year and so after all of the fog of war kind of cleared in the first few weeks there uh, and the state of california kind of took over the role on the restrictions and the lockdowns uh, san Diego county did a very very good job from that point on i said this a little bit earlier on the extra 1360 show and and you know people need to hear this that san diego really has become one of the great success stories anywhere in the united states you mentioned it yesterday we've got a population that's larger than how many states around the country 20. 20 different states, and you know, we are rolling out at a higher clip than many states around the U.S. So that's a really, really big deal, and that's a credit to having a competent county health office, and, and the county public health officer will join us coming up here in our next segment. You and I have often talked about when we realized that COVID-19 was going to be such a big deal here for us, like arriving on our streets, arriving in our in our neighborhoods. And I wonder when it was for Dr. Wilma Wooten. I don't know that she has or hasn't answered that, but I wonder what it is that a county public health officer realizes, somebody who's been through H1N1, somebody who's been through the hepatitis outbreak, when somebody realizes, wow, this is about to become a life-changing situation here in San Diego. Boy, you know, you're right. And perhaps for us, it was a little bit different because we had the refugees, the American citizen refugees from Wuhan, China, that were arriving at the Miramar Marine Base, uh, the former top gun base here in San Diego and right in the kind of the middle uh, of San Diego County. So we maybe had a month head start on many other places in the world that were not China um, that realized that we had to step up and start dealing with this. And then, of course, it got into the community everywhere, you know, starting in the state of Washington and New York and places like that, and then moving across the country and the world. So perhaps we had a head start, but I wonder what she will say, and I really wonder what the last 14 months have been like for that office, because it has been a constant battle against the virus here in San Diego. Dr. Wilma Wooten, when we return. Darren and Jack underway on a Wednesday night. It's News Radio 600 Kogo. All right, back with you here on a Wednesday night. It is News Radio 600 Kogo. Darren and Jack, we're taking you up until 8 p.m. here on this fifth day of May. Let us say hello to Dr. Wilma Wooten. As we discussed in our opening segment, she's San Diego County's public health officer. Perhaps a name, respectfully, Dr. Wooten, that not everybody in town knew 14, 15 months ago, but certainly as nominated and as recognized as the San Diegan of the Year by the Union Tribune. Somebody who uh, we've learned an awful lot about, and we appreciate her spending a couple of minutes with us tonight on News Radio 600 Kogo. Dr. Wooten, thank you. Darren Smith and Jack Cronin, how are you tonight? I'm fine, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, we've certainly we've we've heard lots from you over the last 14 months, Dr. Wooten. I I know there's a million different directions we can go, and Jack and I were just talking about when it was that we individually as reporters realized that COVID-19 was going to be such a, a, an important part of our lives. 
How about for you as somebody who's the public health officer, who's a, who's a doctor, when did you realize that this pandemic was, was really going to change our lives? Well, after the uh, World Health Organization uh, declared uh, COVID-19 a, um, uh, a pandemic, and then uh, HHS also followed suit, uh, we knew that uh, we were headed for, didn't know what we were headed for, but we knew that there was a pandemic uh, occurring and was heading our way. And we had our very first first case on March 9th, but we had declared a local emergency uh, in February, uh, again, because of the WHO and the Health and Human Services Agency uh, declarations. And what was that moment like for you as the county's public health officer? I mean, it, it was received so many different ways by so many different people in different walks of life. What was that moment like for you? Well, at that point, we knew that uh, things were about to change. Didn't know what was coming, but we knew that uh, there was going to be change in the horizon. So uh, pretty much every day, every week, every month, new things were occurring that uh, we hadn't experienced and many decisions were having to be made. And we followed the guidance from uh, the state as well as the, uh, uh, the federal government. So keeping up with all of that information uh, certainly was uh, challenging and also keeping up with uh, all of the concerns and uh, issues that have been cited by uh, local residents so it's it's been an interesting 14 months, uh, but we've uh, tried to meet the challenge, or as the governor says, meet the moment. And Dr. Wooten, I know I mean, so many people have been impacted by this, uh, hospitalizations. There have been many people who passed away here. Uh, the tragedy of a once-in-a-hundred-years pandemic, and as you look back at these 14 months now, uh, are there moments that stand out to you? Are there, you know, uh, I don't know if they're low points or, or you know, moments of hope or things like that, but when you look back at these 14 months, are there things that stand out to you? Well, the most important things that stand out are the lives that have been lost, the businesses that have been impacted, um, and schools that have been impacted, all of those factors. But in those activities or those, those issues occurring, it basically meant that we had to continue to think, think about how we could do more to help decrease the spread. And that, because if we could decrease the spread, we can prevent, uh, hospitalizations, ICU admissions, and deaths. Uh, San Diego, uh, has had about uh, 3,100 deaths or so, or 3,700 deaths, and uh, those are lives that belong to people's parents, their uncles, their children, their brothers, and that's not something we can get back. So the more that we can do to decrease the spread is what we've tried to do in implementing health offices orders and um, um, implementing actions that helps to decrease the spread. And that's been the primary goal and challenge the entire time. I think, Dr. Wooten, about all of the frontline healthcare professionals, the doctors and nurses, the, the county uh, the emergency response, so which we've had up and running now for 14 mm -hmm. months. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how, how difficult has this been for you, for your staff, for your department? Uh, how difficult have things been the last 14 months? Well, I think things have been difficult for everybody, uh, not only the county staff, 
but uh, our healthcare system, our business sectors, our schools, parents, and, uh, you know, having to be at home for their kids. I think it's been difficult for everyone. And, again, the most important thing now with vaccinations uh, at our uh, aid is that we can get people vaccinated so we can decrease the spread. Um, it's been difficult on our essential workers, which are the people, not only healthcare providers, but the people who are running the grocery stores or gas stations, our locations, uh, businesses, restaurants that are staying open uh, while people may not be able to dine inside to, at some point during the pan, many points during the pandemic, they were still a, able to allow people to come and take out food, um, even though they couldn't serve indoors or even outdoors at some parts of the the pandemic. But now those uh, the businesses are opening up due to a decrease in the spread of the uh, virus. Uh, right now, San Diego County is. Uh, in the orange tier, which is uh, 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 moderate. So basically that means the spread is, uh, transmission is moderate throughout the county. But we really want to see that decline and go into the yellow tier, which is minimal, and even less than that. And the, only, the best way that we will get to that is through vaccinations. Dr. Wilma Wooten is joining us tonight on News Radio 600 Kogo to follow up with Jack's question about the last 14 months and what it's been like. Dr. Wooten, what are your days like? What what is an average day? I know it's been everything but average for everybody to your point, but uh, for the the life of a public health officer, what are your days like now? Well, there is no typical day. There was no typical day before the pandemic, <laughs> and there continues not to be a typical day. Uh, but e- the days are. Uh, consumed by various meetings, Zoom meetings, meeting with our sectors, and meeting with uh, our board of supervisors, and uh, meeting with uh, community uh, coalitions and task force, uh, just to give them an update about what's going on and to get feedback from them about uh, strategies and actions that we can implement. Well, Dr. Wooden, let's uh, you know let's talk about the vaccine rollout here because San Diego, uh, the numbers that are coming in would put us if we were our own state, we'd be among the best in the nation. We've been the best in California. Why have we been so good? What did we do? Was it planning ahead of time? Um, was it uh, communication response? What What do you think got us to the point where we are now? Even though there is a lot of work still left to do, how do we get to the point where we are with way more than half of the adult population fully vaccinated? Well, I think it is really uh, due in large to the tremendous partnerships that we have throughout the county. Live Well San Diego uh, sector partners were leveraged at the very onset of this pandemic and expanded from the four primary sectors for Live Well San Diego to over 20 sectors and subsectors that were convened either on a weekly, uh, every other week uh, basis and some are now meeting on a monthly basis, but gathering those different sectors, uh, whether it's governments, businesses, schools, uh, nonprofit organizations, uh, faith-based organizations, or community-based organizations, um, and our laboratory, uh, we have a laboratory task force. So again, we have uh, approximately 23 different 
uh, entities that we meet with on a regular basis, government uh, uh, elected officials, to get feedback, to inform them, and to get feedback from them. And we leveraged that early on, and that had, has really, uh, for me, uh, been the uh, basis for how we've been able to get information out, uh, get the word out. Of, initially was about testing uh, and then uh, vaccination so that people can know how to protect themselves. And along those same lines, uh, there was an article in the Sacramento Bee saying that San Diego had among the best reporting, the best data, um, and then the healthcare response, too. Uh, when you look at our healthcare system in San Diego, from the public health side to the private healthcare providers, their cooperations, what have you seen the last 14 months? Our healthcare uh, sector is part of the whole Live Well uh, San Diego uh, sectors, and they have been, our healthcare system has, uh, have been. Uh, tremendous partners in helping to curb the spread and helping to get information out to their patients and also in helping to test and vaccinate uh, individuals uh, that are part of their network. It's our partnership. San Diego has well been known for uh, a strong public-private partnership connection, and that was really amplified uh, through Live Well San Diego when the pandemic started. Dr. Wilma Wooten joining us tonight on News Radio 600 Kogo. Dr. Wooten, you know, Jack and I have spent a lot of time talking about the date that's been put out there by Governor Gavin Newsom himself, June 15th, right? We've talked a lot about color-coded tiers. We've talked about restrictive tiers, stay-at-home orders, etc. June 15th seems to be a target date in the state of California where, you know, maybe we could be, with the exception of masks and, and a handful of other restrictions, but for the most part, capacity at restaurants, uh, living life, full ballparks at Petco, etc. Uh, your thoughts on that as a, as a target date and where you think we'll be on June 15th? Well, I think on June 15th, uh, everyone anticipates that we'll be in a much better place than we are today, but we will not be out of the woods. There's still a lot of work yet to still be done. We have to vaccinate our uh, pediatric population actually next week. We anticipate uh, that uh, after uh, the end of this week and the weekend, the FDA uh, will review the application from Pfizer for 12 to 15 years uh, of age uh, uh, teens, and then um, then we have to vaccinate that population. And shortly after that, probably at the end of the year, we'll be looking at the six months to 11 years of age. Uh, so there's a lot of work still yet to be uh, completed, and all of this will help us get to a better um, herd immunity if that's even achievable. It. it but we have to get those populations vaccinated in addition to the 16 and older populations that are currently available uh, or able to be vaccinated. Dr. Wooden, what, what does herd immunity mean to you? Is there a certain percentage or number that, that means something to you in that realm? Well, herd immunity means if you have enough people vaccinated, if a infectious person is introduced into that population, you will not see a significant uh, spread of the infection. And if you listen to Dr. Fauci, uh, or if you listen to Dr. Fauci, he will say, maybe we should just stop thinking about herd immunity and just vaccinate as many people as possible. And I uh, actually agree with him on that. Uh, our goal is to vaccinate as many people as possible. Now, there, have, there are goals that are set up a, along the way to help 
you know where you are. But our ultimate goal is to get as many shots into as many arms as possible so that we can protect our community, our family, uh, and those around us day to day. Dr. Wilma Wooten, we really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for joining us. I do believe that San Diego does owe you an enormous debt of gratitude. I know that's not why you get into the field that you get into, but we thank you for being with us here tonight on News Radio 600 Kogo. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. This is certainly a team approach. It's, it's not just me. Everyone that has any stake in this, not only county employees, but our community partners, our healthcare systems, our essential workers, everyone has uh, contributed to what we are realizing here in San Diego, and that's uh, a decreased number of deaths. Uh, and going forward, uh, a large number of individuals that are going to be vaccinated so that we can decrease the spread of this virus. Thank you very much, Dr. Wooten. We really appreciate your time. Okay, thank you so much. Bye-bye. We, we will be back after these words. Darren and Jack, back with you here on this Wednesday night. He's Jack Cronin. I'm Darren Smith. Thank you very much for making us part of your evening here on News Radio 600 Cogo. Just spoke with the San Diego County Public Health Officer, Dr. Wilma Wooten, who was terrific, and we appreciate her time here this evening. Jack, any takeaways? What did you think? Well, and again, that's, you know... the. The answer to the herd immunity question is has been consistent this entire time. Nobody really has a kind of a target number. They're just trying to get as much as they can done, whether it's protecting people or vaccinations or things like that. It is really a moving target. Um, and the goal right now is just to get as many people vaccinated as we possibly can. So let's uh, San Diego's been the best in the country at doing that, uh, and I hope that continues here for us. And so, you know, it's interesting, too, to hear uh, her talk just about the 14 months and the constant battle it has been. I think early on a lot of people looked at dr wooten as the bad guy but then we kind of realized that if there was somebody to be angry with it was much more so in sacramento than it was in san diego county uh and so that's kind of how things have evolved over the last 14 months if you know unless you feel that hey everything's gone great and uh, this has been the uh, correct response then that's how it is but if you're one of those people who says i really wish they had done things differently we look a lot more towards sacramento than we do san diego sure absolutely i mean you would imagine that that they're think about the confusion that many of us have had just talking about it and then yeah. you can imagine what the confusion must have been like if you're the public health officer and you also have to think about the different layers of government right something that we've all talked about where you have a federal response and you have a statewide response and you have a county response and then inside of the county you have different cities and different cities have different ideas and 18 incorporated cities have different thoughts and different plans and different approach you know there's so much that goes into this so you know for her just being up there consistently every single day that requires somebody to be incredibly strong there are other people around the country who have held this position who have resigned because yeah. the pressure just got so great and some of the pushback got so great. And as you said, early on, that was Wilma Wooten. And there's some terrible things that were said to her about her, etc., that might have driven a lesser person away. But, you know, here she is, even now going on into the month of May, less than six weeks to go where we anticipate a complete opening in the state of California. Things looking really, really good. And you have to give somebody credit for that because oftentimes, Jack, this is a health profession. This isn't... I mean, to my knowledge here, is the public health officer an elected official? I don't think so. But nope. oftentimes what happens is you are caught in the in the crossfire, the metaphorical cross, crossfire of politics. And, you know, you're out there and your job is you know, to apply your medical training and background and expertise. 
but you also find yourself in the middle of of an incredible political debate in the process no doubt and again that political process has played itself out at the statewide level look at just the difference in approaches between california and texas or california and florida um or california and new york now i mean right you've a couple of blue states um and just you know there are plenty of people who agree with the governor and plenty of people who disagree that's why we're going to have a recall later on this year it's because of the response to the pandemic but it catches up these county public health officers who are the enforcement agents uh, who are uh, have the ability to go further if they want. Uh, we did not do that here in San Diego. We aligned with the state of California and said, all right, you know, whatever the state says, we're going to do. So um, sure, there wasn't any pushback uh, against the state of California, but it, it's the state who's making the rules. Uh, and again, the kind of the, the upheaval in the first few months certainly played out that way. Yeah, I mean, I felt bad for most of these um, health officials when they find themselves up there getting loaded questions about some sort of process or protocol or some sort of decision or some sort of declaration by an elected official. And and that is strictly playing it down the middle here from left from right, right? Like we had a totally different dynamic before the election in November, let's say even on the County Board of Supervisors, you know, right. so oftentimes that was something that you would find yourself in the middle of. You had a mayor in San Diego who was already planning to run for governor. We all understood that. So he was using some of those opportunities here to make political points that he would certainly be using in his run for governor. And again, this is all fair. It's just the way it goes. But when your primary focus is, hey, listen, this is me as a medical professional, you find yourself very much caught in the crossfire on that. And it does take somebody with some pretty thick skin to last as long as Dr. Wilma Wooten has here in this capacity, given the circumstances. Right. And again, you know, those questions you reference, a lot of times they were coming uh, on the political side. And Nathan mm-hmm. Fletcher, uh, who's been first and foremost, now is the chair, was the second uh, in the subcommittee last year and is the chair this year uh, and has been one of the faces of the response. That is much more of a political thing than, say, Dr. Wooten. Um, you mentioned Kevin Faulkner, obviously Gavin Newsom and the recall, the whole thing. So, yes, this is, uh, it has t- times been political, but not for the public health folks who are kind of the enforcement side of things. Absolutely. And you would understand any reporter worth their salt, his or her salt, would ask Dr. Wooten a question. Well, Gavin Newsom said this. What do you think about right. that? Well, Kevin right. Faulkner said this, or Jim right. Desmond said this. Well, Nathan Fletcher said this. Yeah. You know, like you would understand why that, you know, and, and these people get up and like, Hey, uh, in theory, you know, we're, we're here, we have our opinions, but we're trying to remain neutral. What we really care about is just getting cases down, getting hospitalizations, ICU cases lowered, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I found myself, Jack, really, really dreading looking at the clock because I really wanted to talk more with Dr. Wooten. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, big picture, what it was like, what it's been like over the last 14 months, right? Like, when did you realize those sorts of questions as well? But you know, also, uh, her answer on herd immunity, I thought was great. It sort of uh, aligns with some of the stuff that you and I have talked about here on the show this week. You know, if we had a little bit more time, variants, mask wearing, things along those lines, things that I'm sure she's being asked and addressing on their now weekly press briefings as well. You, know, you read about in the Union Tribune today that there's a variant found here in San Diego from India. There's been the British variant, et cetera. How much we have to worry about that. Mask wearing is always something. I just, I found myself saying, man, you know, I know there's an old saying in, in, in show business that you always keep the audience wanting more but you know this was one of those nights where i was like oh man i don't want to have to go to the news update at the bottom of the hour i wanted more with dr wooten 
Yeah, no, I get it. And again, her answers have been consistent. You know, uh, the mask mandate comes from the governor. That is not a San Diego County thing. That is a statewide California thing. So the mask mandate uh, would come from the California Department of Public Health and the governor. And, you know, their message on the variants has been, as you know, they've been, you've been protected by the vaccines. The UK variant has not had the impact here that we at one point feared or others feared that it might have here. It has not. Um, and so these new ones, you address each one in turn and you make sure that the vaccines so far they have are effective against them uh, and the same measures the you know uh, following the state rules the guidelines on distancing and gatherings and masks and everything else that their actions have been consistent in that regard i was watching television during my earlier show today which you know is not a statement at all about what it was that i was supposed <laughs> to be talking about but you have these televisions on in front of you and they're all tuned into sporting events and something caught my eye during a commercial break. It was on one of the local television stations. They were talking about vaccination wristbands for people who work in restaurants. And I was going to ask Dr. Wooten if we had more time, but we're, we're up against commercial breaks, right? We've, all, we've, we've got to pay bills here, too. Do you see anything on that about vaccination wristbands for people who work in, in the restaurant corridor? Vaccination wristbands. Wristbands. I couldn't quite, you know, it's television. It's one of these things. It's yeah. one of the what they call the lower third graphics. So I didn't, if the television wasn't on, the volume wasn't on. I just sort of saw it. I said, well, what is that all about? Are we all going to walk around? Are people in the restaurant business going to walk around with vaccination wristbands or what? Well, there, I, I haven't seen anything about that. My guess would be that if you recall way back at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, when we had our first uh, reopening and our second reopening and those kind of things, one of the things that made people feel good about going out to grocery stores and restaurants when they were open, et cetera, was that those companies were showing their customers that they were taking care to have cleaning measures in place. Uh, you know, uh, you would go to Costco or Trader Joe's and they'd be spraying down the carts, whatever, you know, whatever. Like, that's just good policy in general, pandemic or no pandemic. But it made you feel better about frequenting those locations because you knew there was a certain number of people inside they weren't overcrowding it um, they were wiping down the surfaces and whatever else you know it turns out that it's much more about spreading through the air but again in the early days of the pandemic those were things that people were doing to make their customers feel better so maybe a company hmm. might use something like that but i can't imagine that i don't know i just it's not like having your vaccine card and you're showing that to travel to uh you know great britain or something right like you travel to mexico or canada or whatever you're going across the border that's a little bit different than wearing something um that says that or not yeah i mean if if you if companies like i said i'm i realize i just caught you flat-footed on that i just yeah. saw it it popped into my mind while we were talking about our interview with dr wooden yeah I, I don't know that i would be uh against that philosophically speaking but you know, you you might be inviting in some conversations that are a little bit unwelcome, <laughs> you know. But that said, I yeah. think it's a small price to pay, since you know we understand that the overwhelming majority of people here in the state of California and certainly in San Diego County are going to get vaccinated or approve, and and we haven't really, you know, we don't have a high number of vaccine hesitancy here. So, whatever uh, unintended conversation you would have as a result of wearing something similar to a, you know i don't know a scarlet letter i suppose i think it would be a small price to pay for uh for for the overwhelming majority support for people being vaccinated by this yeah you're right i mean we're gonna get to 90 percent right what did we say last week 88 90 percent and so if we get there i don't know why i don't know what the use would be of such a thing because by the time we get to a place where that would be necessary we won't have the case numbers so i don't know it, it's again it's 
whatever a private business wants to do to make their customers happy or more comfortable is wonderful. Um, but it's uh, I, I don't know that we're going to need that conversation. And it, the conversation is going to turn to masks here in a little bit, too. I don't know if it's a today conversation, but it might be in a few weeks conversation of uh, what, what is the what is the point with which this is a lot more show than it is because of the vaccines and all everything else going on. I don't think we're there yet because we don't have uh, that nebulous herd immunity type number quite yet. Um, but eventually we'll be a conversation in a couple of months and California might put itself there after June 15th. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, let's not kid ourselves here. Mask wearing did become a partisan issue at one yeah. point. I do find, though, that people who I know, Jack, who would identify as left-leaning or, or full uh, left-wing or even started to ask that question as well. Okay, I've yeah. done my part. I stayed indoors. I remain mostly safe. I went out. I got my vaccines. I'm ready to get back out there, go to a baseball game, go to a restaurant. What's the point of me continuing to wear this mask? So, you know, I, I tend to believe that at first, unfortunately, that became a little bit of a partisan divide. We're past that. You know, I think most people uh, then just said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do it. But I, I do think we're to the point now where, where across the board people seem to be asking that question much more. Yeah, you know, especially in the vaccine. Okay, I'm vaccinated. Everybody I'm around uh, is vaccinated, especially if I'm outdoors. In the summer too, right, as the weather gets warmer? Right, so I'm outdoors. Uh, I'm, I've been vaccinated. Everybody else around me has been vaccinated. Like, th those are very valid questions to start asking. And the questions go to the state of California, because other states have not anymore. Um, they're still going to be federally in place, I think, through September on like airplanes and airports and trains and whatever public transportation. The federal government, the White House, has said that goes through September in the middle of September. So that, you know, I don't know. It's it, it, I don't think today it may be maybe you're right. I, it's just it's going to come quick. And the folks in California and other places are going to have to answer that question. All right, we'll take our final time out for the night. Come back, wrap it up next. Darren and Jack, you're listening to News Radio 600 Kogo. News Radio 600 Kogo and iHeartRadio are partnering with Global Citizen for Vax Live, the concert to reunite the world. Catch performances from Jennifer Lopez, Eddie Vedder, Foo Fighters, and more. It's hosted by Selena Gomez. You can listen on our iHeartRadio app coming up this Saturday at 8 p.m., or you can watch it on ABC, CBS, Fox. And YouTube. What's the deal with NBC? NBC's not involved with this? I don't really get it. What are they showing on Saturday night that's so important? Anyway, Jack, the mayor of the city of San Diego, Todd Gloria, spoke earlier today. You had a chance to, to listen to this. Yeah, and so what's interesting is the mayor, um, they sent out kind of a news release saying that the mayor had uh, gotten on a virtual call, uh, you know, I'm assuming Zoom or whatever else the government uses, um, with the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, and he had asked uh, DHS to remove the restrictions at the border. Uh, right now, we are going on 14 months with no end in sight of the non-essential travel ban across both the northern and southern borders. So if you are not traveling for a work essential job service, you're not allowed to cross the border. Now, obviously, they're not exactly checking that way, but that's the rule that's in place. And so it's prevented tourism and other things from coming into San Diego. And so Mayor Gloria got on with the Department of Homeland Security and asked. There's no uh, specific resolution today, but at least that question now is out there to the federal government saying, when can we remove the travel restrictions at the border? Well, it is interesting, isn't it, You know that, that you talk about there being this policy in place that restricts non-essential travel. 
I, I'd love to know actual numbers of what we would consider to be yeah. essential and non-essential travel that's actually crossed the border since that was put into place. I would I would love to see like actual documentation on that. Not trying to release any alarms, but uh, my my suspicion, Jack, is that uh, not everybody who's crossing that border is doing so for essential reasons only. No, I completely agree. However, it is a rule that is stated. I mean, the border, the travel restrictions are in place. Uh, you are not simply free to walk back and forth across. You have to, you, if you're asked, if you are even asked, but if you are, you have to say, well, I'm going to work or I'm going to visit uh, an elderly or a sick family member or whatever it is, right? Like you'd have to, uh, you have to give a reason, and it could be a, a pedestrian reason. But, um, but the, the bottom line is those rules are still in place. And so it is impacting tourism because you're not at 100%. And so that is what the mayor was asking for today. And that's sort of what we were talking about last night as we were talking about San Diego tourism as well. That's such a big part of it. It is a selling point. You know, even if somebody out there listening would never in a million years think about crossing the border, there are lots of people who do. And there are lots of people who come to town because they want to experience Baja or go to the wine region down there via the Guadalupe, what have you. So I, I, I tend to believe that Washington listens uh, at this point, perhaps a little bit closer than they might have listened, let's say, I don't know, before November of last year. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm again on political team, so the questions may carry a little more weight. And so we'll see. I, I, you know, I, this is not just us in San Diego. It's the entirety of both borders. Mm-hmm. So if you're up in the state of Washington, you're in New York, you're in uh, Texas, wherever, you're impacted the same way. Your tourism travel across both borders is still restricted 14 months later. And I do wonder when it is they lift that. Yeah, and, 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 and how much of that has to be tied into vaccinations, too. You know, what sort of vaccination thresholds, you know, if any, do we need to see, you know, let's say coming from from people who would be inclined to to cross the border from south to north? Well, it's a good point. We gave 60 million vaccines to Mexico and Canada just a few weeks ago. So I don't, you know, I, it probably we should look up what the vaccine rates are in both of those. In Canada, remember, California has more people than Canada. So population-wise, there's just not a huge number north of the border. The state of California has way millions more people than all of Canada does population-wise. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what their rates are and how quickly that happens. That also would be an interesting incentive, wouldn't it? You know, we always talk all the time about what's going on in New Jersey about incentivizing vaccinations with the beer and the shot, right? Like, get the shot and the beer. I sent you a story earlier today that, that, you know, you can go get vaccinated at Yankee Stadium in New York in the Bronx and where the Mets play at City Field. And if you go and you get vaccinated at their on-site vaccination sites, they'll give you a pair of tickets to go see one of those games. Now, you know, I you know, perhaps saying, hey, uh, if you get vaccinated, you'll be allowed to cross to cross the border again. Maybe maybe there's some idea, maybe not that idea, but maybe there's an idea behind that idea. I, I agree. And by the way, international travel has always done things yes. like that. So I, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if that did. And I love the incentive programs that you just mentioned, both of those, because it gets people out in the economy again and it incentivizes them to get vaccinated. So not only are they protected, but they're also out spending money again and going out to ball games or bars or whatever they are. It's great. I mean, it's priming the pump. It's exactly what it yeah. is. You're priming the pump because yeah, then that person's going to take these tickets. They're going to go to a game. They're going to spend $30 on a beer. So. Or whatever they yeah, cost. It's these awesome. Days. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. At a baseball game. It costs a lot of money. That's that's the point. All right. For Jack Cronin, Darren Smith, thanks again to Dr. Wilma Wooten. We'll see you tomorrow night here on News Radio 600 Coco. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.